We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Think of anything else that we're missing? For that, so get there early. Yeah, I think there's 30 people doing the 50... Beth looked up, there's 30 people doing the 50 miler. Oh, God. It's going to be tough not to get last. Usually, if there's like a hundred, you're pretty comfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Only thirty. That's a great way Shit. to look at that. time by hanging out. Yeah. Welcome back once again, the Three OK Runners coming to you on this rainy Friday morning. By the time you get this podcast, hopefully the sun's out where you are trying to run. We thought we would come to you today, myself, Chief, and Brother Jared. Talk to you a little bit about motivation and how you get things done. Since we have our first, um, I say my second, but our first kind of together ultra trail run coming up, I'm excited to hear what you guys use to like motivate yourself since we got four hours in the truck on the way down there to think about this. So let's hear what you got. I guess we could have just talked about it on the way down and recorded it. <laughs> I'm sure we had plenty of conversation there. Um, motivation. I mean, some a lot of it's just kind of staying healthy in life is a lot of what that key ingredient that kind of drives me and keeps me going a little bit. And I enjoy a lot of what we do together, like us getting together and running and, and going out for the weekend runs and stuff. It's almost kind of part of a tradition anymore to go and do those things. But this race weekend, they like were leaving right after we record, we're leaving for Dallas to go run that 50 miler for Jared and I and 50 K for Jeff. And a lot of that motivation, this is going to be the first time ever. I was talking with Jeff about this that I don't feel like I'm 100% prepared for this race. Like, I haven't executed a full training plan. I haven't, my confidence level isn't there like it would be when we did our Ironmans or when we I've done previous ultra runs and stuff. Like, I had executed a full training plan. I was ready to go. Everything was dialed in. This one's more of a training run in preparation for the big event, for the Super Bowl in August. And I need to remember that. And so a lot of my motivation is, okay, let's see where you're at in the training plan. Was, what what have we what we've been doing is that going to get us are we in the right direction and just a little bit of that dark place a little bit of that struggle I think will be will be a good for me right now to kind of get me in the right place for that race coming up in in August. Yeah, I was talking to my wife um, about this race that we're doing tomorrow, and I was like, you know, what's weird about it is I'm I'm supposed to be running 50 miles on Saturday, and we haven't even run a 20 mile run in our training plan yet. Um, and so it's, it's interesting because usually when you go to do the race, you've done something that's kind of knocking on the door of that distance. Um, and this one is not like that at all. Um, and so to me, you know, one of the things that I think this race is really going to, is really going to highlight to me is, is, is my belief that fitness is fitness actually true, right? Because we haven't got up into really long distances yet in, in single run outings, um, but I think we've been training really good for several months. I'm feeling good during our runs. I'm feeling pretty fit. 
Um, and so I want to see if that really translates to you can go longer. Like that 17 miler we did this last weekend, I was really kind of taking some notes, self notes of like, how do I feel? Yeah. And after the 17 miles, I felt really good. My legs didn't feel tired. I wasn't overly stiff or sore the next day. So that's telling me that we're heading in the right direction training plan wise. And I really like what we're doing where we're really easing into it. We're not really exploding big miles on the weekends and stuff where we've got a big run on Saturday and then a timed run on Sunday, which I really enjoy the timed run because I can take away from having to conquer miles and I'm just conquering time at that point. So I could go out real slow and enjoy it. But that four by four we did gives me a lot of confidence too. Cause I mean, that was 48 miles. Yeah. You it, know, it, it almost, it's working the opposite in my mind because it's like, that was only 48 miles and I had two days to do it. And so, it, and, and I'm still picturing you running in the woods, cramping, like, like, you look like if, you, if I can set the scene for you, one arm was straight and he was galloping around the trees and I was making, I was making a joke on him and he was telling me, quit making me laugh. You're going to make me cramp more. The neck cramp is a real thing. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. The neck cramp. I really like um, the training runs that are legit runs as part of our training because... You're talking about like legit races. Right. Okay. I, I, I have a tendency to get overly excited when it comes game day, right? So when you sign up for a race, you've paid your money, you've prepared, you've been through the training plan and you're ready to go. By doing these training runs that are, you know, fully stocked aid stations, you've done essentially the same thing about having to get yourself there and having to prepare for it. Although it's not your, you know, technically a race, uh, I think it gives you a chance to try to control your emotions. I think it gives you something to look forward to as a test for how am I progressing? What am I going to change going forward? You know, is this going to be a mental setback? Is it going to be a mental building block? And you still have time afterwards to adjust. And I, I really like that approach because I tend to get too excited and go out and try to get after it. And this is not those kind of distances. And this is not that kind of training. Yeah, this is, you know, my mindset kind of going into this 50 mile or tomorrow Um it, it's different than it usually is for a race that's kind of the culmination, right? It's the end point of something. In in my mind, this is sort of the beginning of the Leadville journey. Um, and it's, you know, my headspace is, this is going to be a battle. This is, this is going to be yeah. tough. Um, it's going to be tough early, and it's never going to not be tough, right? And, um, and so in a lot of ways, um, I almost think for me, that's kind of the the point of this. It's kind of, you know, going into something knowing this is going to be a struggle the whole time. And that's not normally how you feel when you're going into a race that you're trained for, right? You know, there's going to be a point where it gets tough, but you don't think it's going to be tough the whole time. <laughs> right out of the gate. Um, and so to me, I'm, I'm sort of feeling that like, this is going to be a battle and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want to, I want to know, can I, can I keep running when my fitness is not enough to keep running, right? Can I just do that mentally? I think that's super important. That that mentality that you have right there, can I push through the inadequacies that I have physically, like if I'm not ready for the race? Because when you get to the, like we've said before, you get to mile 75, there's no preparation for mile 75, 100. No, there's no training you can do to finish that last 25 miles. And so it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. 
this is that 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 what you're talking there is what's going to get you through that that final push of the race, the final quarter of it. And this is the first time I've ever done a race as a training race for an ultimate goal at the end. And so I'm going to kind of answer some of the motivation stuff. This will give me more motivation for Leadville. Getting through this will give me a lot more confidence going into Leadville. But, um, you know, getting up and just being motivated and to getting the runs done is, is also helps out a lot too with some of that confidence level. Yeah, I think, you know, when you start talking about motivation and you start picking something like, you know, a 100-mile trail run where you're signing up, you know, literally we've been signed up for this race for over a year now. And if you just keep, you know, that hundred mile trail run so far in the distance, it's very difficult to imagine where I am now and crossing a finish line after a hundred miles on my feet. And so by using little competitions along the way, you can create some urgency in your training plan you can also create some building blocks to build upon for not only your mental strength, but also just physically being able to get it done. And, you know, by adding accountability partners, everything along those lines motivates you to get the training done to eventually get the race done. And I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of surrounding yourself with people who are pushing towards a similar goal. Because there's just something motivating about looking across and seeing you guys like, man, mentally, I might be struggling right now up this hill. These guys are killing it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep with them. Yeah. And that's, that's motivating for me. You, you are who you surround yourself with, right? I you know. And, uh, not only is the race going to be difficult, but the conditions are going to make it even more difficult tomorrow because it's raining <laughs> all day so. yesterday, today. <laughs> And it's not going to rain tomorrow, but it's going to be muddy as heck. And so that's going to make it even more epic of a of a difficult race for us. But I do, I, I do too. I think it would be a lot more difficult to do this uh, on your own. I think having people to run with uh, gives you something, a sense to wake up for, something to go and run with because there's other people counting on you to be there to run with them. And, and you you're doing it together makes it, not only easier, but you, you end up pushing each other outside of what you probably could have accomplished on your own. Yeah, I, I'm glad we're talking about motivation because I have a lot of thoughts about motivation. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think it's a huge mistake to try to depend on motivation um, mm-hmm. because it, it just comes and goes so much. Um, and there are there are weeks that I'm terribly motivated and then there are weeks that I have zero motivation at all. And so I think you have to have more of kind of a habit backstop, right? I mean, during the week when, when we're doing the runs on our own or you're getting up early because you're busy at work and you've got to knock something out before work, um, I don't, I never wake up motivated. Um, I wake up regretting that I'm awake um, and I sort of drag myself to do whatever I have to do. And I, and I do it out of habit, not out of inspiration or motivation. Um, now, you know, maybe in the middle of that, the, the motivation sort of kicks in, right? Um, and, and it can take you further or take you higher or something like that. But I think, um, I think so many people are dependent on motivation to get started or to keep going. And I think what you ought to be dependent on are, are habits. And then you use the motivation to sort of expand what you're capable of. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, 
I look for motivation. I listen to podcasts of people that motivate me. I read a ton of books because motivation does something for me, but it doesn't get me out of bed on a day-to-day basis. I, like in leadership in the Navy, I talk about all the time, I hate the word motivation. I like the word drive. Yeah, you know, because motivation will come and go. Today you may be motivated, but tomorrow that means you may not. But if you have drive or a backstop habit, as you said, that's going to get you out of bed. The drive for your goals or your destination, give me a drive. Don't give me motivation because a drive will get things done when you're not motivated. When you're not motivated and you're relying just on motivation alone, you're going to come up with habits and excuses. Your body will immediately have a twitch in the muscle and say, you know what, I need to take the day off. Because motivation is really just this blanket statement that just comes and goes like every single day. And, you know, so give me something else. Give me something that a reason to get out of bed every morning. If you got to sit your clothes out early or if you got to listen to a podcast and it, and it refocus you to have the drive that you need to accomplish your goals, do that. Don't do motivation, you know. I don't know if does that make sense. Sure, sure it does. So would you guys say that motivation could be a result of your habits getting you out of bed and getting you started because for me, typically the most motivated time that I have is in the middle or towards the end of a workout. It's not at the beginning and it's not after I'm completely done because I've moved on to something else, but it's during the fact of pushing your body and mind, all of a sudden the motivation comes in to think about bigger things. And it's such an emotional response, which is why I believe you can't really count on it, but there's something to motivation being able to take you to the next level. Um, I agree with that. You can get yourself started. You can get going. But typically for me, the most motivated time that I have is in the middle of my workout. And that's way past time to get started and, you know, definitely not done by then. I I think the the unreliability of motivation is where sayings like embrace the suck Mm -hmm. come from. Yeah. Right. Um, It's I, I think it's a it's a recognition that motivation does come and go. And so when, when you're training in anything, I think there's um, a part of you that has to learn how to enjoy, or, or maybe not enjoy, but at least sort of relish in the struggle of it, right? I mean, the, the fact that it sucks to wake up and run with a headlamp in the dark when you've got a full day of work coming... Um, Everybody, nobody's saying like, oh yeah, that's great. That's so much fun. The The joy of that is from doing it, is from the struggle. And I think that's something that you can learn. Um, it's not something that everybody just has naturally. Um, and, and I spend a lot of time trying to convince myself that this struggle is what I live for. This struggle is what I enjoy. This is what fires me. Um, whether that's true or whether I'm fooling myself, I don't care. But I feel like that movement of sort of embrace the suck is a recognition that motivation is not enough because yeah. it's not always going to be there. I was just having that conversation with a friend that's in town and I was telling him that I, because he's like, you know, I don't really understand this long distance running thing. And it's a lot of what you just said. It's like, I really enjoy the struggle and enjoying the suffer that goes along with this entire adventure. 
And I told him, I said, I've always kind of lived by the, the motto of if I'm doing something the average person isn't, I'm probably doing something right. 99% of people aren't getting up at 3 or 4 in the morning with their headlamp and going for a run before work. And a lot of that is building in the habits of wanting to embrace the suck and wanting to enjoy all that suffer is I spent a lot of time removing the excuses from myself. I needed to remove a lot of those things that I was already placing in my way to not get it done. And so once I figured out like, hey, those, those are just excuses you've created for yourself. And once you've removed those and you just get to enjoy the fact like, you know, hey, I got up and did a 10 mile run today and now I have a full day of family life and dad life. And, but I enjoyed that part of it. I, now I enjoy being tired at the end of the day knowing I got a full day in. I know I've, I've lived day, I lived today to the fullest that I possibly could. I didn't put my dad bod shirt on and went to the baseball field and hung out for the whole entire day and didn't do anything, right? I got to go and, and suffer a little bit and remember who I was uh, at the end of the day. That kind of warrior mentality of, you know, just, just being a little bit different or trying to be a little bit better than average. Yeah, I would challenge people if motivation is what gets you started, then you haven't picked something that's big enough. Because motivation is like, well, I'm not motivated to do that. Well, what are we talking about? Like taking out the trash? Or you're not motivated to run around the block? Like pick something that requires more than motivation to get done. Because motivation for something that's not that big an accomplishment is what normal people should be doing every day. You don't have to be motivated to do that. So if motivation is what you're looking for to try to get something done, pick something much bigger than that because it needs to be a part of like, okay, this is big enough that I don't actually want to do it. That's, that's how big it is. So now you've moved past motivation. Now you've moved to how's this going to change me? How is this going to make me better to try to do it even if initially I don't want to do it? And so I, I just think motivation is so up and down. Well, I think that's a good point, Jeff, that sort of what you do when you're unmotivated is what separates you from everyone else. Right. Right. I mean, because everybody, when they're motivated, does whatever they're motivated toward. Um, the the sense of accomplishment, um, I think, and the sense of growth that you have is exponentially higher when you're doing stuff you're not motivated for. You know, right. and, and look, I mean, I, I feel it. The, the other weekend, you know, Chief, you had some obligation in the morning, and so we had to wake up on a Saturday that was ridiculously <laughs> early. And, and, and as soon as we had planned that, and I knew we were waking up at 345 or whatever it was, you know, my Friday sucked because I knew Saturday was coming, and I was, I was totally unmotivated for it. Um, and then after we did it, I, I felt better about myself and about doing it than I did about, you know, the run we got up at eight for. Um, And so I I think there's something to sort of forcing yourself to do things when you're unmotivated is what separates you from everybody else. And I think when you, when you feel that, that's when you start turning those things into habits. And then guess what? You don't need the motivation to get it done or not. And when you are motivated, you'll exceed your expectations. It's even better at that point. Then it's even better. I think it's a great point. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, the most vital time to run is when you don't want to run. When, you, when you're doing that training plan and, and today is just not a good day to get it done. But you got to find the, the reason to get it done. you you gotta, you got to remove all those excuses because once you quit once, it just that excuse compounds to the next time that you're not motivated. 
And then it just seems just that much easier to quit that day too. But when you don't allow yourself to quit on whatever it is that you're doing, then it's that much easier next time to not quit either. And it just kind of, like you said, you just build this snowball habit down the road and you just gotta, you just gotta strip everything away and just get it done at the end of the day. That's all you have to do. And you just, if you got to sacrifice sleep, lunch, dinner, whatever it is, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to execute whatever your goal is and, and what you're doing. And the reason that you're doing it is just that much more important. Yeah. So, so where do you guys, you know, now that we've crapped on motivation and so <laughs> where do you guys kind of look for your motivation? Where do you get it? Very much pod. Like I'm a, I'm a big podcast guy and I really enjoy like Jocko. Jocko's kind of the guy where he's not this supermoto dude that's going to be out there like, Hey man, get it done. He just says, get up, run. Like my alarm is Jocko, Jocko Willick saying like, you've got 10 seconds to get up. And, and, you know, don't hit the snooze button and win your first, you just won your first thing today. You've already, but if you hit the snooze, you've already lost your first obstacle of the day. <laughs> right. And so a little bit of that, and then just the sense of accomplishment at the end, knowing what's coming like to tomorrow's race in Leadville, that provides me that drive to get up and say, all right, I want to finish this race. I want to have that buckle in my hand. This is where I win it at though. Like it's one today. It's not going to be one August 21st. It's going to be one today. It's going to be one tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That's where I'm going to get across the finish line. It won't be the day of the race. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I believe it was uh, Muhammad Ali that said that he won most of his bouts before he ever stepped in the ring. And I think it was just his discipline to get it done when he didn't want to. Um, I would say, gosh, for me, my motivation might be a little more twisted than that um, because I typically get the most motivation when it's quiet and I'm by myself because my self-talk is not necessarily the best. Um, most of my motivation comes from trying not to be the person that I believe I could be in my head. And so I am motivated to do better and be better and do more and be more because when it's quiet and I'm by myself, I don't feel like I'm more. And so that motivation for me is a lot that will get me out of bed. That will get me into bed when I need sleep and it will let me find time where it's just myself and my thoughts and no interruptions because that for me is motivating because I have, I believe such a fear of not being something. And I don't even know what that something is, but for just, me, just some kind of inadequacy, just, just some sort of failure. Really. I'm sure it's a fear of failure again, you know, rearing it's an ugly head, but I like it because it definitely gets me doing stuff. And there's not much that will jumpstart me other than the thought of, man, you're not anything. And that, that will, uh, push me beyond my limits almost every time. Um, I think it's also why one of the sayings that I say to myself is you're a machine um, that I fall back on that one all the time because that takes all of the thoughts and emotions and feelings out of it and then you just keep going and so it may not be healthy but it's gotten me here and I do believe it's a 
that person that talks to me is a very good gauge of how I feel because they'll pick on me when I don't feel good and they'll tell me you're not actually as good as you think you are when I'm succeeding. And so it's kind of a, a constant thorn in my side. Man, you would, you would benefit from some meditation. Yeah. You know, learning how to shut down all the thoughts and just oh yeah, be there for a second. Yeah. I have, you know, every time I try to shut down the thoughts, they kind of get louder and louder and I haven't quite succeeded on shutting those down. That's just when you meditate longer and longer. I know. I, I got to find a nap. I got to find, <laughs> find the time to get that done. I, yeah. I have that fear of not being who I think. So I'm thinking who I, who having the thought of who I think I am and then not succeeding and being like, you're not what you thought you were. Sure. You're less than that. That That's a big, big drive for me too, is not, not getting there, mm-hmm. not allowing myself to be disappointed in, in me. And so I, I use that too as a intrinsic motivation to, to get something done. I mean, I think it would be kind of cool tomorrow for those, for those ones listening is on the Instagram Jared and I will be running together and I, I want to take a video after every loop and you can kind of see our mental, you know, our mental profile break down as the race goes on and seeing at the beginning of the race who we are and at the end of the race who we are. I think that'd be really important to capture. So if, if you're not following us on Instagram, do it. I think it'd be really cool. And then Jeff's going to try to catch as many loops with us too at the same time. And um, we can just get some that. I think getting some video recorded and seeing where we're at mental wise, I really want to talk it out and and then capture that and for everybody to kind of see and for us to reflect on when, when we're not so much driven or motivated, you kind of watch those <laughs> videos again. Or the motivation chains changes to, what am I doing? Right, right. <laughs> the motivation to not continue starts to battle in there uh, versus the motivation to, wow, this would be a fun thing to try. Yeah. I think those, I mean, I think, honestly, though, in a way, that's what that's what we're all trying to create is sort of those experiences, right? That that really get down to the core of who you are. I mean, to me, that what what motivates me, honestly, in in my life, doing this kind of stuff and doing everything is, you know, I just I want to have a life that's full of a lot of experiences that are that are epic at least in my mind, epic, right? I mean, and what is an epic experience for me may be different from someone else, but, um, it's, that's something I feel like I'm always sort of chasing is I, I just don't want to fall into kind of a routine, mundane, almost unimportant life. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us or most of us probably sort of fool ourselves into thinking that what we're doing is really important, Um, and I always get, you know, perspective from traveling and doing other things and kind of seeing how other people are living and going, yeah, Ali, my little, my little sphere in my world is so unimportant to, you know, these people or whatever. But what I, what I really want and what really motivates me are these experiences. And, um, and that's what I think makes me feel like I'm growing personally. That's what I think sort of clarifies thoughts in my mind. It it sort of allows me to think about the next thing and maybe the, you know, the next bigger thing, um, is where I naturally go with it. But that's to me, what motivates me are finding these experiences in life that make me feel like I'm alive. I'm, I'm living a life that's 
worthy of being lived, right? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm a, I'm more afraid of mundane routine life than I am failure or anything else. I could totally, totally understand where you're coming from. Those, because you'll never forget a race. Any race that I've ever done, I may not know the exact details of everyone, but I, I remember everything I've ever, ever ran. And so this is going to be an adventure tomorrow that we'll never forget for the rest of our lives. Like I'll always remember that time that we went to Dallas and we ran a 50 mile race. And there's a cool video by Billy Yang. It's life in a day. Yeah. That's such a cool video. So it's a capture of a hundred mile race, but you know, that's what it is. It's life in a day. And so the struggles, the ups and downs is what life is. And I kind of always want to think like, I want to have, I want to wake up having a midlife crisis every day, even at this age. Right. And that, that kind of drives me to want to go do epic things and continuing to do things that are, outside the normal day routine. I don't want to wake up and the kids are out of the house they're in college and I've just, I've got nothing done, right? I, my whole life was devoted to them and I did nothing for me. I didn't go out there and do any of these cool adventures and maybe time's too far gone at that point. Maybe I won't be able to do that again. And so just do it while you can and enjoy it. And all that's going to do is going to build you. Next thing you know, Jerry's going to have us hike at Everest or something. You know I mean? <laughs> no, really. So I, I've got a cool, cool quote chief for what you just made. Um, so one of the books I'm reading and sort of just constantly pick up and put down is the tribe of mentors that Tim Ferriss did. Um, it's a, it's a really cool book. And the, the premise of it is that Tim Ferriss sent out 10 questions and identical questions to a ton of different people kind of across all spectrum of life. Um, sort of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, every different kind of person you could think of. It was the same 10 questions and basically he said, answer a few of them and send it back. And he compiled it into a book. It's called Tribe of Mentors. Um, and it basically is a collection of like the thoughts from the best people in the world. And, uh, and then in that book, there's a part where he says, quotes, I'm, pon I'm pondering. And he'll set through, you know, kind of set out a few different quotes. One of them is, is good, Chief, for what you were just talking about. It says, people say that what we're all seeking is a meaning for life. I don't think that's what we're really seeking. I think that what we're seeking is an experience of being alive. And, uh, and, and to me, that's, that sort of captures what you were saying. It captures my thought about it. It's the reason I like doing these things. I like doing ultras and Ironmans and other stuff too that's totally not physical. is because it sort of captures that feeling of being alive. You never feel more alive than when you cross a finish line and go, man, that was something else. Right, that was an experience. Yeah, and you, you you get to close the chapter on that experience because the experience starts when you start the training plan. I mean, that the experience isn't just the race; it's the whole way, all the way up to it. And like I had mentioned before, that when you cross the Ironman in Chattanooga and you gave that 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 yell, like that just barbaric yell that you had, you know, you were closing a chapter at that point, and all you were doing was just putting that book on the shelf and grabbing another book to open it up to start a new adventure in life. And so I kind of look at it that way too, chronicling life and getting to do all these cool adventures and stuff. And so, um, and it makes me a better person at the end of the day too, because you got there to do the runs. Like I would like to read more than I do. Like then it makes, forces me to sit down and read more and kind of just relax at the end of the day because I've already accomplished all this cool physical stuff. And now I can kind of relax at the end of the day and, and enjoy it. So, I like things on the calendar. Yeah. So whether it's races or vacations or birthdays or something like that, it's what it's what makes life not so mundane. 
and just looking at the calendar, knowing this is coming up gives you something to kind of focus on outside of your day to day. And my natural personality would be to fall into the day to day, not doing anything, not pushing myself, not growing, not mentoring my children, not, you know, being the husband that I need to. So things on the calendar for me, not only kind of push me in the direction of getting motivated to do something, but that typically spills into all the other avenues of my life. And that's what makes it full. And so without those things on the calendar and without training races, without, you know, Ironman Tulsa in a month, without Leadville in August, without family vacation in July, you know, without, you know, a trip in November, without, you know, Thanksgiving break and Christmas coming up, it's just too easy to fall into the day to day. What'd you do? Nothing. What'd you do here? Nothing. What are your plans? Oh, nothing. And I, I don't want to live a life like that. I couldn't live. Yeah, I couldn't live a life like that. And let me ask you a really, really complex question here. <laughs> do you think that this kind of mentality of, of wanting to do epic stuff, pushing yourself outside your comfort zones, being a, a, being comfortable, uncomfortable, is that teachable to, to people and especially to your kids? Because I find myself with my kids, like, I want I want to push them, but they don't they don't respond to, to my style. My wife tends to be like, you think you're a little too hard on them? <laughs> it's not that. It's that I want them to want to do that too. And, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm pushing too hard. I don't know if it's something that's, is it genetic that you want to do that? Or do you think it's teachable? I, I think it's teachable, um, chief, but not in the abstract. And I think that's sometimes the problem with um, trying to impart some of the, the wisdom that we do to our kids is some of it takes um, a feeling reinforcement before you start to get it. Um, and so I, I know that's true for me. You know, part of the reason why I want to cross the finish line in Leadville is because I crossed the finish line in El Reno, Oklahoma in my first ever sprint triathlon and I felt that. And so some of it, I think, is um, sort of a self-realization that doesn't become real and tangible until you've experienced it. And so, you know, some, you know, guy, whether it's your dad or anybody else, just telling you that this is what you ought to do and this would be better for you and you need this in your life. I, I think there's some value in that. But I don't think anybody internalizes um, those types of experiences until they get a little taste of it. Um, and so I, I think, you know, as we watch our kids grow up and you see them get into situations and you see them start to experience a little bit about what you know is there, um, it's really satisfying, right? Because you're like, I know now that's going to drive them to the next step. That's going to drive them to the next level. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. It's always nice to watch them do something that you knew that they could do, and they're just learning that they can do it. And that that's a wonderful thing as a parent to be able to be a part of. Um, Chief, to your question, I believe it's inside of everyone, but our natural drive is to just survive. And so until you 
realize there's more to life than that, you don't push yourself. And if I look around at all the people that I know, most of them feel like the life they have is fine. And they don't realize that there's so much more to life, but they have to get out of the mindset of everything's fine. And so for me, I believe that anyone can do epic things. I believe most people can pick a goal and figure out a way to make it work in their life. But I don't believe they do. And I don't believe they do because they don't realize the benefits to you personally. They don't realize the benefits to those around you because you can tell somebody a thousand times to do something and until they see you do it, they won't learn it. And so you model for those around you. You push yourself to let others know it's possible. You expose them to the things that you're doing so that when it comes time in their life and they're struggling and they're looking for something, that's when you find the thing that you need is when you can't find the answer. You have to get to a point in your life where you're just not okay where you're at in order to look for something else. And at that point for my wife and for my kids, I hope they can look at me and say, you know what? I, I'm not happy here, but this is what he's doing. Maybe I'll try that because once you try something like that, you get the feeling that you're talking about, Jared, and that has the potential to snowball in the way of, okay, let's create more of that feeling. And I believe once you start to tap into that, that's why we're doing bigger and bigger and bigger things. We're chasing that same feeling. And I just think nowadays our life is not that difficult if you don't want to make it difficult. And so you have to choose a harder path in order to open up so much more depth in your life. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Jeff, that you say that because I don't, I don't perceive myself as choosing a harder path. I don't, I don't think what we're doing or what I'm doing is the, is a harder path than the alternative. Um, I think it's, obviously I think it's a better path, but I think it's better because of, of the value that it gives you in your life and in your family and your relationships. And, um, I mean, I, I think that, I think that a lot of people think that they're content with their life. That is fine. Um, and when you ask them how they're doing, it's fine. And that's what I would say if you ask me how I'm doing. Um, but I think that we've grown really accustomed to fine. And that to me is what I think is wrong. That to me is what I think is the reason why not only can everyone do kind of epic things that stretch them, they should. They have to. They need to. They need it. Um, and even people that might think they're totally content without it, I don't believe it. I don't believe that they're content without <laughs> it because I think it's something that we need. Yeah. I think that we are conquerors by nature. Um, and whatever that looks like for you, you need it. 
And, and then I think when you start to taste some of it, you see, wow, this really enriches my life in ways that I didn't even know or expect. You, you, you are a lot more calloused to daily life when you're, when you live in that uncomfortable zone a lot more. And I agree. I think that, I think as a human race, we need to go and be uncomfortable because life, like Jeff said, life's too comfortable. It is. I mean, our beds are more comfortable than our ancestors. Our houses are bigger and well insulated. Like everything about life, our cars are more efficient. I mean, everything that we have and life's only going to get easier and easier generation after generation. And so what, that's kind of why I like to enjoy doing these kinds of things because I want my kids to think that this is normal. I want them to think running 50-mile races are normal, and they build upon that. They take that base of what's normal to them, and they go outside their comfort zone. And so they're going to be doing even more epic stuff down the road when less and less and less people are doing more and more epic stuff. And so I think you're seeing a lot more recently. I don't know if it's a podcast or, or influencers or whatever it is. I, I've seen a lot more people doing big races and doing that than there used to be back in the day. You know, I was listening to a lady. She ran Leadville in 80, 1985, and she was the, the only only woman that was there in the race. But if you go to Leadville this year, I mean, at least three quarters or a, a third of the race is going to be women. You know, I think it, a lot more people are trying to find something uncomfortable in a comfortable life. And it's it's that hit drug. It's like accomplishment is a drug. In, in finishing that race, it's a drug. It's a dopamine hit. And problem is, is it's it goes away very fast, too. Tomorrow, <laughs> you're like, you're scratching, wanting to hit the, hit the problem hit. with all drugs? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you're, you're finding out the next day, you're like, all right, well, what's next? I've got to go there again, but I can't do the same thing again. It won't be the same. Like, we, we could go do a sprint, but I don't know if we get the same accomplishment hit that we would after an Ironman or a hundred miler or a 50 mile or 50 K, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of, as we've mentioned before, how we ended up here is all you're doing is snowballing everything. Everything just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I don't know what's after Leadville. I'm a little terrified to think of it. But. <laughs> I'm sure Jared will come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> that one cool uh, bike thing that you were saying like, yeah. uh, in Colorado. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. That sounds freaking cool biking the colorado trails like 540 miles which is the only issue is like we need to have like a lot of beer for the the whole three weeks i think it's out in the middle of nowhere you know so that's my only fear on that one but um you guys have anything more to add and i I thought that was a great podcast kind of get our heads right for tomorrow's race uh like like mentioned before instagram follow us on there we're going to be doing video updates in the middle of the race kind of see where we're at and, and where we're at mentally and physically and how our nutrition's going and we got Jeff Boyer 75 myself on Instagram at Savage Navy Chief and then Jared on Instagram at Ironman Lawyer and we also got 3okrunners at gmail.com and we do have a 3okrunners on Instagram so follow us on there hey everybody that's overseas Canada Brazil we're seeing that you guys are listening we appreciate it uh, follow us on Instagram drop a comment so we know we can put a face to a name and who out, who's out there listening outside just the United States. So, again, I hey, uh, appreciate it and tune in until next time.